Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for checking us out this week. This will be our final, like, updated, I guess you can call it, show of 2020. Not saying there won't be an interview or two that drops next week, but as far as, like, booking a full show and reaching out to folks and trying to lock down times during the end of the year and the holidays, I figure take a week off from doing that, and uh, we'll still do something next week. Maybe it'll be some sort of omnibus program a best of if you will but either way we'll have something out next thursday but that's that a little bit of an update for the end of the year but ufc vegas 17 is in the books the ufc's 2020 is in the books and what a crazy year it has been for the sport and for all of you and for me as well i mean i've, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last several months my first day at MMA fighting was March 23rd and the world was shutting down. Like it was almost completely shut down. Like everything was canceling. There were times in 2020 where I thought, okay, I accomplished this goal of achieving my dream job and getting to work for one outlet full time and in a website that I've always kind of picture myself working for and doing what I love to do. And I'd be lying if There weren't a few anxious days and nights wondering if that phone was going to ring, that things had changed. But the uh, the pandemic and everything just, there's unsurety across the board. And I think a lot of you have felt that too. And had that phone rang, it would have been totally justified. I was a new kid on the block, but luckily that did not happen. And I've been able to do this show and between the links and on to the next one and pre and post fight shows throughout 2020. And it has been an absolute honor. To, to do so. And with that said, it is Christmas Eve. I'm feeling festive and we have a fun show this week. So let's run down the lineup and we'll say hello to our first guest on the final updated What the Heck of 2020. We'll wrap things up with Rafael Fazeev. I spoke to him this past Friday following his first round knockout win over Hinato Moicano at UFC 256. What a performance. And this, without a doubt, is a fighter we have to keep an eye on heading into 2021. You'll hear that chat at the end of the program. A man who entered himself into the submission of the year conversation on the final card of the year for the UFC. Jimmy Flick will join us. Flying triangles. Cody Durden in the first round at UFC Vegas 17. He gets the tap. Huge debut for the brick. Excited for that conversation. Should be a lot of fun. Speaking of festive, speaking of positivity, speaking of personality, 
Later on, you will hear from a fighter that personifies, excuse me, all of those traits and more. Coming up in around 20 or so minutes, Amanda Hibas will join the show for the first time. And I feel like she might have to come on every single week. And you'll see why, but she's getting ready to face Marina Rodriguez at UFC 257. But first, let us say hello to the man who made, in my opinion, the biggest impact on Saturday at UFC Vegas 17. He jumps up six spots in the rankings with his performance. More on that in a moment, because back on the program in the leadoff spot, Rob Font. All right, we move ahead to the number five ranked bantamweight in the world. Picks up a massive win on Saturday. Puts Marlon Marais away in the first round of UFC Vegas 17. 50 G's richer on top of the win bonus. Happy to be joined once again by Rob Font. Rob, how are you, my man? I'm great, but how you doing? I'm doing great. So the new rankings are out. You jumped up several spots, and I just introduced you in, in this conversation as the number five ranked 35er in the world. That has to sound like a billion dollars right now. It was great, bro. It was great. You know, all the hard work pays off, and I, yeah, I can't complain, man. Thank you again for having me on. Of course, man. You're, I mean, I'm surprised I got you. I mean, you're making the rounds. You're on TMZ, and you're all over the place. Look at you getting all that shine. Did you expect all of this? Oh, uh, I guess not. You know, I guess I guess it comes with you know the, the W's, but you know I was just so focused on the W. Didn't really think about this, but you know, TMZ is cool, but you know it wasn't it wasn't like this show right here. You know. Ah, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done, Rob. Well done. You've done a few of these in your day. But but man, that was that was some performance. I mean, after a year away, this opportunity in front of you, and you know, making that walk to the octagon. Like, how would you describe it? Because, and this is, I'm not a fighter, so I can never understand what is going through your mind. But I would think that if I was out for a year and this opportunity was in front of me, I would have like a year's worth of like pent up aggression to let out. Was it like that for you or was it like the total opposite? Yeah, um, no, you know, it was more of a, just kind of like, just, you know, like finally, finally here, you know, like that, it just felt like finally, and I just, it was just been waiting too long for this. Um, you know, I, I know I'm ready for this. I've just been waiting and been sitting there, just, you know, watch, obviously just watching. But, you know, just, uh, yeah, like all I can say is it felt like finally as, as I was walking. And once I got in, it was just, it just felt right. You know, I was like, here we go. This is what we've been, this is what we've been you know, we've been daydreaming about. This is what we've been envisioning. This is what we've been wanting for so long. And just take advantage of it and go out there and have fun. Your whole team, Tyson and Calvin, the, the cartel, you've, you've put together this like, this playbook, this sort of next man up mentality. It, you know, every fight is the same as the last fight. Now that it's over, did this one actually, did it feel different at all? Like, was there a little more to this that then maybe met the eye? Like when we spoke, you were pretty calm, cool and collected about it, but did it actually feel a little different considering the stakes and the fact that you were out for a year again? I mean, you know, you know, this was my first time being out for a year, you know, uh, I've done this before, uh, obviously it was the first time, you know, with an injury, like, like, uh, like a serious injury, like my knee. Um, but two sets sparring sessions in, I was like, I'm good. I wasn't even thinking about it. It was, it was to me, like, again, like I said before, I got a brand new knee, so I was not worried about it. It was like, you got a better knee than before. So like, let's get back to work. Um, like, you know, I had, we started off just straight boxing sparring for a couple of rounds. And then after that, we brought it to the MMA and then got some kicks off, got a couple of sprawls. And from that, never thought about it again. So the injury wasn't the issue. You know, the year being off a year wasn't the issue for me as well. 
Um, but just again, the only issue was just you know I had had Mom Marias in front of me. You know, so that's a tough guy. That's a, that's a a veteran. That's an ex champ. You know, that's a uh, you know that's a, that's a dangerous dude. He puts guys away just with one kick. So you know, what I'm saying just kind of like having all that in front of me. That was obviously the obstacle. And you know, I think we we passed with flying covers because um, you know obviously I, I slept up, let him take me down first, but. You know, it took my time getting up, but the moment I got up, I knew exactly what to do with them. It played out exactly the way we thought it would. Yeah, I mean, I have to hand it to to Tyson because he put up this message, I think it was on Sunday on social media, and it was like a screenshot of like a Word doc. Like it didn't, it was just like a click on this kind of a thing. And, and he essentially said in, in the post that there was nothing that Marlon was going to do on Saturday night that was going to throw you for a loop at all. So yeah, he I- takes you down right away. Did that surprise you that he went right in for a takedown? Yeah, honestly, no. <laughs> honestly, no. Like, <laughs> we, we asked Tyson, funny Tyson, he's, he's joking around, not joking around, but kind of like, you know what's funny? He's, he was like, he's probably going to try to take you down. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. And I was just kind of like thinking about it. And then I um, I saw one of his, like, for some reason, I, you know, you didn't, you know I, I didn't see him all week or his team all week or anything like that. So, but I saw as we're passing by going to the fight. I uh, saw one of his jiu-jitsu coaches back in the roadshow, which is like, you know, high-level uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. I never knew they worked together. I was just like, oh, he's definitely taking us down. Like, it was just like, <laughs> oh, he's definitely taking us down. And again, like, I was actually just joking. Like, still didn't really, like, like right, you know, just whatever. And then we get in there, and I'm like, I didn't. And I, well, as I got in there, I didn't think it's going to happen. And then showing up, I'm like, fuck, he really did. Like, all right, so let's just be smart because like, he's obviously high-level. He's, 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 you know, I feel the the technique and how strong he was like, just be smart here take your time here don't give up your neck don't give your back and obviously get up and be smart with it so that's exactly what we did and you know eventually once I got the two on one I got up it was again it's just like I just everything I touched them with it just rattled them like and it was accurate and it was long and it was just like everything I did it's like I couldn't miss it was just like just there and you know, I just like those, those moments when you get those moments, you know what I'm saying? You just take full advantage of it and you just keep pushing. And like I said, I just felt like I was just, I couldn't miss with him. I don't know how you felt in there, but watching it on, on television, I actually texted Tyson this after the win. I was like, as soon as Rob got back up, I felt like you took a piece of Marlon with you. Like, I felt like his confidence just was in the tube. Like, but you, of course you like, you can't get too overconfident when you're fighting a dangerous guy like Marlon. Cause like you said, like one punch, one kick can put right. you away. But did you kind of feel the same way? Or like, if I just mind my P's and Q's, like, I, I feel like I took a piece of him there. Yeah. Like I, you know, like he was kind of breathing hard on top of me. I was like, is he tired right now already? He's on top of me right now. I'm like, all right, he can't do this for three more rounds. I'm like, all right. He felt like he felt kind of tired from that exchange on the bottom. I'm like, all right, whatever. The moment I got up, just like, my mindset was just go straight at him. It was, wasn't thinking about angles, footwork. It was just go straight at him and just start hitting him because he won't be able to do this for too long if I push a pace on him. And so, like I didn't have to, you know, and it just, it worked out. Everything I touched him with was flood. And again, like I put the combination together. It wasn't like just big shots. Like it was fluid combination. So, you know, and it was I. Uh, it's definitely I, I felt because I felt I could have kept I could have kept doing that all night. You know, like, there's no way you can keep eating these shots. So just one of them gonna land. Just be patient with it and don't get kicked in the head. Basically, you know, <laughs> you know, and then it showing up. But even like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and it just you know it worked out. 
you mentioned that you just had that feeling, you know, like fighters say it all the time that like sometimes you just wake up and you just feel it like no one's going to beat you that day. And then once you started, once the fight got back to the feet and you started throwing, I mean, there's just this look in your eyes. It was just like, you could just kind of see it that you felt the big, be- the beginning, the end was, was here. Had you ever felt like that way in a fight before where like you just started landing and you're just like, Oh man, like, Everything is landing beautifully. Everything's hurting him. Like your confidence just continued to soar. Have you felt that way in a fight before like that? Yeah, I felt it a couple of times, you know, but especially on, on, um, on the local scene, you know, you just know like where it's just, it's, it's just getting worse for your opponent. It just gets getting worse. And you almost like, like it just gets to, like, if you don't think and you just like, just, you're just reacting, but everything you're, you're reacting to is like the right choice. If that makes sense. It's just, it's just working. It's just clicking. Everything's going right, you know. And, and even if you're getting hit in between, it's, it always seems like it's never the biggest shot because you're seeing everything, you know. Um, um, yeah, man. I just think it's to a point where you're flowing, you're not thinking, and you just you're just accurate, and everything's working, and you just you just keep going with it, like to the point where you don't hear it. I don't hear anything. I don't like. I just feel it, and it's just I just trust my instincts and just just go with the. You know, just go with the flow, I guess you could say, like, and just let it all happen. But, you know, the moment I start thinking and trying things, it usually doesn't work. But once you get to that state, like, I couldn't, like, have drawn out, like, that ground and pound. It was just, just go, you know, and, like, you know, it's just, like, the elbow, like, it wasn't like a part, it wasn't a point where I was going, all right, just stop right here, grab his hand, just throw the elbow, I just let it happen. And get to that flow state where, like, literally you hear nothing. If it, it, it sounded like there was fans in it, if, if, if that makes sense like it's just so like so much intensity there's so much like like energy going into that moment it's just it's just it's almost like it's like a pitch black moment where you just black out and just go but it's it's fun, <laughs> it's fun. it's kind of like is, is it kind of like baseball where like the ball just seems bigger and then like basketball where the rim seems bigger it's just is that like uh, big, big I, would, I would have to imagine i would have to imagine where you just where a basketball player just couldn't miss or like, again, like the ball is so big, it feels like you're just, it's too easy to hit it. You know, I would, I would imagine the same thing, you know, like where even when I'm messing up is landing, if that makes sense. Like where like, oh, I was even good technique and it still lands. Like, all right, cool. Go with it. And it's usually like, like something basic, but it's just super like, I don't know, man, it's, it's tough to explain, but man, man, I can't, I can't complain. We got him out of there. You know, I feel like, you know, once I get guys hurt, I just my instincts take over and I, and I just find a way to finish. And, you know, like even if it's ground and pound or standing or whatever, we just find a way to finish. And I even think you see that with Calvin Cater. The moment you see he hurt somebody, we just go and it's just it's just happens. And we just try to get the finish. And um, and uh, we definitely have some I feel like some killer instinct that you just can't explain. And that's what we have. Do you feel like the ref was uh was a little off in stopping that thing? I felt like uh it was, you know, maybe a dozen shots too much there, honestly. I was like, I was definitely in the moment, I was like, bro, well, hurry up. Like, let's get this over with, you know. But it, was, it is what it is, man. Like, you know, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Had to do that, had to do, you know. When the ref finally pulls you off, like what is going on in your mind? Like, is there just like a forty-pound weight lifted off your shoulders in that moment? He's like, yes. Jeez. It's like a, it's like a yes feeling, and like I told you so type of thing. Like I knew it, and then just you just enjoy the moment, you know. But it's it's a big relief, right? Where it's just like, God, I can just keep smiling, man. I just can't stop smiling after those moments. You just enjoy it, man, because like you 
it's the best feeling to the point where you want you just want to kind of just jump around and just giggle and laugh like and yeah, it's a great moment. And then heading back to your post-fight interview with with DC, it was almost like you you were holding this emotion back, and then in that moment, like you just couldn't hold it in anymore. Can can you describe what was going on in your mind at that moment? Yeah, it was weird. It was the first time I got emotional like that. I think it was just you know the injury coming off. You know, everybody just telling me I shouldn't take this fight. You know, I got yeah, you got a million people telling me to take an easier fight. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, who turns down? The number three guy in the world, you know, like, oh, no, you need a, a warm-up fight, a tune-up fight. Like, they're talking like this is like a boxing match. I'm like, who in the UFC is a tune-up fight, you know? Like, like give me a name. Like, they're like, it's like, they're all tough fights, you know? And so I was like, you know, you got a bunch of people telling you you shouldn't take the fight, you know, uh, obviously coming off an injury. Some people say you shouldn't even be fighting, you know, like, you should be waiting a little longer. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever, you know? Like, I heard that. It was like a no-brainer for us and just went. It was like a... Now those, you know, like I mean, you saw the result. And I'm like, bro, like, you know, but you know, so you, you think about it for a second, and then you know, like, you know, whatever, you shut those guys out and get to work. But you know, um, yeah, man, like, you know, man, just it was just a lot going into it, and then you feeling it, and then like, obviously, like, getting the finish. You know, winning a fight is cool, but getting the finish and like really putting on, you know, a show for everybody, it's like it's a whole other ball game, and like. It's one of those like you got to taste. You, you basically got to be taking risks the whole time to everybody really put away guys in the UFC because everybody's so good and it's you know it is what it is. And finishing in the UFC is hard, but like doing it the way you, you drove it up in your mind is even better. And you just you can't. It's just like a, it was like a weird feeling, and just just started crying like a little baby. Felt great though. <laughs> It was, um, I mean, it, obviously it's a great moment in your career because for a long time, you know, people had always said, watch out for Rob Font, like he's so close. But when it came to like getting over that hump and getting a win yeah. over a top guy, you'd come up and short a few times. Yeah. And then again, like, like, this is my third opportunity with the, you know, with, with that same scenario, winning two, get a big name, hit big opportunity, and did it twice. And then I'm like, all right, it's my third time. You know, I definitely can't do it. And I'm coming off an injury, you know what I'm saying? And it's, you know, all this, all that. And it's just like, nah, just, just put your head down and go forward, man. You're going to win this fight. And, and we did. Is that something you thought about a lot? Yeah, no. Like, it's a, it was my whole time was just like, get him in, get in there and get him out of there as soon as possible. Just just keep going for the finish. Like, just in your mind, just like, I was just just keep going for the finish. No matter how, how we got to get it, just keep going and like, if you give him hell for the first round, it's going to be a tough round, but he won't be able to do it for the second or third round. And that's what we're going to catch him. And, you know, I was, that my plan was to kind of have that same pressure on him that whole time, just going for it, going for it, landing. It didn't need it, but, like, that was the plan, you know. See how far, how tired we can get without getting hurt, you know, like, and then obviously watching that because I figured it was going to, like, you know, again, just be too much for him to kind of push that pace and look for the finish in the first, but... Once I landed a jab, I was like, oh, no, this is different. Like, he's hurt. Like, he's, this is different. And, again, it was off. It was my bad. It wasn't the jab. It was the, the hook at first. I landed a combination of the first, and it was like a left hook. And then from the jab, it was like, oh, done deal. Let's just go. And then landed the uppercut and then just turned black from there. I just started ground and pound and just kept going to the, to the ref, pulled me off. But even just like that, like that sort of stigma that was attached to you for all these years that like, he's so he's good, but like, he just hasn't been able to get that big win. Like, is that something that, that, that bothered you at all? Or did you just block it out and just say, those are in the past. Let's, let's, let's move on to the next one. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you think about it for a second. You know, you definitely think about it. Um, you know, but I wouldn't say it bothered me. It wasn't like I was, like, losing sleep over the comments like that. But, you know, I just knew, you know, this is another opportunity for me to go out there have fun with it instead of, like, you know, overthinking overthinking it and putting too much, like, you know, feeling into it or, or think, overthinking what I'm trying to do. And it just, it was simple, you know, go in there, fight, hit him more than he hits you, and you win the fight, and that's it. You just go out there and have fun. Now it's onwards and upwards because you're a top five guy. You threw out TJ Dillashaw as an option. A lot yeah. of people like the idea of, of you versus Jose Aldo after his win over Marlon Vera. Cody Garbrandt is a popular name that's on Twitter right now. I mean, just being even mentioned with those guys at this point, like th- there's some exciting options for you. You're going to have guys calling you out now. It's a pretty good yeah. spot to be in, is it not? Hell yeah. We knew um, you know, on the other side of like, you know, obviously being a guy like Marlon, there, there comes nothing but big fights and big names and, uh, a lot more to it and like you know that was just you know, all right well like i'm we're ready for this you know we're, we're ready for this like we're ready i'm already back in the gym already flowing I'm like i know there's gonna be another big fight and i just i'm just blessed to have options right now which one makes the most sense to you like they're all viable options but what do you think like makes the most sense to you realistically i think probably the tj you know like he's the only one that's not booked you know yeah Corey, Corey, and frankie booked frank uh frank Edgar booked and you have uh Munoz and Jimmy Rivera booked, and uh, I think well, who else is? Uh, yeah, just uh, uh, Kennedy and um, Cruz, right? Isn't that the yep. fight? They're That's both. Tough so, so yeah, like, and then I believe Cody's injured or going on a twenty-five or something like that. Um, so, only person to fight is me um, or Aldo. So let's figure that out. If I can get TJ, though, hopefully we get the Aldo fight, but like. Throw me in there, man. Let's go. <laughs> I assume uh, you'll be off to Abu Dhabi in a couple of weeks with Calvin as he prepares for this Holloway fight on January 16th. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah, Louise. Yeah. yeah, man. Big, big fight. Big fight, man. Big fight for my brother Calvin. And he's ready. Exciting, man. This is, you know, it's a good time for New England. Good time for the cartel. And he's going to hold it down and represent. I know it's a different world than it was a year ago, but man, what was it like getting back to Logan airport and driving to Haverhill, man, back home to the city, the hustle and bustle. Did the traffic not seem as chaotic this time around? Like did, oh, was the sunshine a little brighter? It was perfect. It was, it was an ugly snowy day and it was great. Man. <laughs> it was great. It felt great, man. Coming back, just in traffic, all of that. Like it was, I think it was some road work coming out of the airport and everything. It was amazing though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting there like, who cares? Let's just go home. And got home, jumped in the shower, got out, and just just sat there like, yes, there we go. Um, but I was at the same time, like, you know, like I know it's only going to be harder from here, you know, so let's get back to work. And that's exactly what we did. And next day, got back to the gym with Colin, gave him a couple rounds, shot a box, got loose. Um, you know, obviously I felt great, a little dinged up, my hips a little sore, but just stretched out, rolled out, didn't, didn't do too much and just taking it easy, trying to like enjoy food a little bit here and there, but still, you know, obviously stay in shape and be ready for anything to pop off. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. 
Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the top five, Rob Font. And a lot of fun matchups are in store for him. I really like the Jose Aldo idea, but if they do TJ Dillashaw or Cody Garbrandt, all of those work as well. But uh, what it, an exciting time to be a top five, 135 ponder right now. Just be that division rules, and Rob Font is now a major player in said division. As we move ahead to our next guest, get ready to smile and just feel better and more positive than you did a few seconds ago. Let us welcome Amanda Hibas to the program. All right, let us say hello to one of the breakout stars of 2020 in the UFC. She's going to kick off 2021 on January 23rd. UFC 257 is going to take on Marina Rodriguez. Happy to have Amanda Hebus joining the program for the first time. How are you, Amanda? Thank you for doing this. Hello, everybody. I mean, it's a really pleasure to be here. It starts the, the interview. We've logged and left a lot, so it's good. I'm, I'm enjoying. <laughs> I see it's uh, very festive at the Hebus household. Got the Christmas tree in the background. We're uh, getting, we're in the spirit. Is that, is that accurate? Yes, yes. I'm here in Alex Dave's house. He's oh. my manager because I'm training in America Top Team. I came here because the Christmas and everything. The train here in ATT will be really tough because Dustin is there, Karat Zapata is there. A lot of guys that will fight. And the same day of me is training, so I came here to train too. It's good. That's great. What yeah. a year this has been for you, Amanda. I feel like you've become must-see TV in 2020. How would you describe this year overall? Like from the win over Random Marcos, you finished Paige Van Zant in one of the biggest events of the year. How would you describe 2020? It was a crazy year, you know, really different because UFC in Brasilia was the first one without public. And then uh, I, fight, I fought in the island. It was crazy and beautiful. And in the same time, it's really different for the bad way because the pandemic, it was good for me. I'm blessed to have these fights 
in my record. I'm blessed to have the training, the partner, the health. So it's it's been amazing year for me. People have gotten to know you a little bit better in 2020. You have this infectious personality, Amanda. I mean, it's just, just an incredibly positive presence. And in a year affected by a pandemic, your positivity is, has been a, a welcoming addition. It's been a great thing. Where does this positivity, this attitude you have come from? Like, have you always been this way or is this something that you developed over time? I think I never was like that when I was young, you know. <laughs> I think it takes time to to learn about it. If you are bad, not if I feel like oh, this is not good, this is not good, everything was will be worse. You know, I don't know if I can talk like that, but it, did you understand? Like, if I'm oh, I'm fat. If I just say oh, I'm fat, oh, I'm fat, I don't will be skinny. I will still fat, but sad. If I'm I'm fat, I need to do that stuff to get better. And be happy if I'm fat and happy because we'll be good. So I think the positive is really good quality in everybody. And we need to learn and practice because it's not all day I am like that. Some days I'm like, oh my goodness, but no, hey, shut up. <laughs> I attract good vibes that will come from you and you to put in everybody so everything <laughs> that's great i think we can all yeah. learn from what you just said there amanda so you're back in action on january 23rd we just found out a little while ago dana white said it's going to be on fight island but uh you know you wanted to try and fight one more time again this year it looks like all signs are pointing towards december 12th against carla esparza and then that thing kind of fell apart so what what happened with the esparza fight from your perspective I don't know what happened, but I was really excited to fight against her, but it didn't happen that time. And then I was supposed to fight against Michelle Waters on two, but it didn't happen again. I, it's bad for me, but now I will fight against Marina. So I just think about her because that definitely will be a really important fight for my career. I would agree. Um, yeah. Obviously, you, you don't want to forget about Marina. She's, like you said, very tough opponent. But having a fight like Michelle Watterson, that's a pretty big name in the division. She's main evented a couple of cards. She's ranked in the top 10. Although you're a very positive thinker, you you, you tend to take this thing these things very well. Was there a part of you that was a little bit bummed that you weren't going to be fighting Michelle? You know, after the Usada, the doping, I think I tried not to think too hard, you know, because I was really sad when I signed to the UFC and then come that stuff about Usada and doping. And then two years later, they tell me I was good so I can find. So after that, I learned it about the positive and everything has a time. So maybe it's not was not the time for me fight against uh, Michelle and against Carla and it's time to me fight against Marina. So that's the way I think. 
So every everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like two peas, Amanda. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I like. I like <laughs> <laughs> One thing uh, a, a lot of people noticed over the past week is that you went from fighting Paige Van Zant to training with Paige Van Zant over at ATT. It's very cool to see from the outside looking in, but that must've been pretty cool as like a martial artist to train with Paige right after you fought her in July, right? Like, what was that experience like? Really different because my last camp was to fight against her. And now she's helping me in my camp and I am helping her for her box. So it's so cool. Like I said, it's cool. It's amazing that because we can show to everybody it's professional. I don't, I'm, I'm not mad with her or she's mad with me. No, it's professional. So if she can help me, yes, she will. If I can help her, of course I will help her. So it's artial marches. We are artists. We are not crazy people just throwing a punch in another one. No, we are athletics. So it's amazing. What did you think about her signing with bare knuckle. Like I was surprised by the move, but it seems like she's going to be the face over there. She's going to be a big star over there. She must be treated very well over there. So all in all, it looks like it's a good move for her. But when you found out that she was going to bare knuckle, what did you think about that? She's really smart girl <laughs> because she has a really big heart. I was telling this in my, another interviews and I think for her, it would be good because no one who has a weak heart or is a little scary can fight box like that without gloves. So for her, I think will be a big step. She will get money <laughs> because they think really good. So I think it will be good. Well, that's good. So yeah. let's talk about what's next for you. You go from potentially fighting Carla to maybe Michelle, and now you're fighting Marina. How do you like the matchup with Marina compared to the others? I think Marina is really good striker. Like for what for Carla, I was doing a game. For Michelle, I was doing another game. And now for Marina, it's almost the same like Carla, like Michelle. But Marina, I think she's more Muay Thai. And with her fight, I need to be really uh, I need to be careful about her elbows, her kicks but I think with this fight I can show more my striking too because my last fight I just showed my my on the ground with Paige but with this fight I can show my, my, my elbows too my kicks too because I'm training so hard for this you talking about throwing elbows and kicks and knees so friendly the way you are. It's, 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 it's what a game plan. This is gamesmanship. <laughs> it's almost like I can't imagine it the way you're, ah, way okay. you're describing it, but, but we've seen it before, but uh, she's, I mean, she's been very impressive. I mean, she had the draw with Cynthia. She lost a really close fight to Carla. A, a lot of people thought she won that fight. Yeah. Have you been impressed with what you've seen from her? Yes, for sure. I because I stood a lot my opponent. So I watch her first fight, her second fight, her third fight, 
So I can see he is getting better and better. And I hope in this fight against me, she, she came with the best version of her because I want to do a really big fight because we will fight in the card that McGregor will fight with Dustin. So we need to do a really big fight, you know, because I don't want to see, I don't want to be like just more one fighter in the card, like the McGregor card. I want to be, caramba, did you see that fight? Amanda did against Marina, was a big fighter. You know, I want the people talking about my fight, not just talking, eh, they, they fought in the McGregor's card, like that. So you want to steal the show. You want to steal the yeah. thunder. Yes, yes, I want that. When you found out that you were fighting on this card and once we found out that Connor and Dustin was official, like, how did you react? Are you just like, oh my God, this is crazy? Yes, because <laughs> I I like too much Dustin. I, I, know, I don't talk to him uh, a lot, but I saw him in the gym. He's training so hard. And McGregor. McGregor is a name who... Everybody wants to see. And then I will see, I will fight in the same car. Do you see he uh, personally? It's amazing, amazing too. It's a big name. What is, like, what's the overall buzz like at ATT right now? Like, I mean, there's always big fights happening at ATT. It's like, there's always big fights everyone's preparing for, but I feel like this one's on like a little bit of a different level. We're seeing more and more big fights. We found out Amanda Nunes is going to fight Megan Anderson on March 6th. Uh, Nina Ansaroff's coming back. Like, we found out all of these big fights. So what is the the vibe like at American Top Team right now with all this big news going on? I think nobody there can have a, a weak heart because it's always have always have something new and I'm gonna notice boom and Dutch McGregor boom and Nina boom. So you have you always have emotion there, you know. <laughs> I think all the coaches need to all the times do exams to see her <laughs> because uh in ATT, there is a lot of tough fighters. So I think it's worth, because of that, always have tough fighters and big fights. Well, before Dustin goes ahead and makes the walk to face Connor, you are going to make the walk first against Marina. Do we have an official Amanda Hibas prediction here? Like, how does this all play out on January 23rd? Uh, let me see. I hope I can win this fight. I am asking for God who that he, he give, give me this bless because I'm training so hard. And I hope that can be with TKO. Or a submission. <laughs> I want to win, you know. Doesn't matter the way I want to win. <laughs> We don't get paid by the minute here, right? You just want to get in there, get out and watch Connor versus Dustin. Good yes, to go with the win on your my chocolate, watching the fights, eating chocolate. This would be amazing. What's your favorite chocolate? What's what's the go-to? I, I like a lot. And then Twinks. Lindichi. Lindichi is, I don't know if I speak this in English, you speak like that. Lindichi. It, so, it sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 
Milka is delicious too. I love. I like. Peanut butter cups? Are you a peanut butter cup fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nasa is delicious too. Oh yeah, it's a good time. So you've had a big <laughs> 2020. Your 2021 is going to start on January 23rd. Right now, it's December 22nd, 2020, as we record right now. So if you and I have the same conversation one year from right now, Amanda, what are we going to be talking about? Where do you see yourself one year from right now? Good question. Oh, my goodness. Let me see. Um, I think we were talking about me going to the top 15. Because for me, this year has been amazing because I, I'm really glad that the people like my, my love, like the way I talk, because it's, it's good for me when you are the person you are and the people are enjoying. And my job is doing good. I'm training good. And my fighting is going good, too, in the cage. So I thank you. I was, we were talking about I'm fighting top 15. I don't know. Because <laughs> you're there already. Are we thinking like maybe yeah. top five a year from now? The next year, I hope so. I hope with this fight, we, it, I can be in the top five. Uh, I hope. I think everything depends on the result of this fight. But yes, that's it. What's what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself this year? I mean, it's been it's been a wild, crazy year. Like you said, you've had some some big ups. You're sitting next to Dana White watching fights on Fight Island when no other fighter was in there watching as a fan. You're in there, center stage. You're on Dana White's Twitter account. Is he's asking the fans to pick bonuses? I mean, this is a big year for you. I mean, and a lot of people can get lost in that. You found a way to stay very humble throughout all this. What what do you think has been the biggest lesson you've learned this year? Thank you. I like to to hear that because I think no one is better than no one. So you always need to be humble in your place. So, so yeah, I think I learned this year we always need to be ourselves. We need to everything we do do with love hug more because I think I this year I learned how to enjoy more, more my family my friends and stay positive because when you have this everything gets better so I think I learned more about this in this year more to the another year <laughs> The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. See, how can you not be more happy 
after watching that conversation. Amanda Hivas faces Marina Rodriguez January 23rd at UFC 257, headlined by Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. As we move ahead to one of the big winners this past Saturday in Las Vegas, what a year it has been. What a debut it was for Jimmy the Brick Flick. He's joining us right now to recap his big win at UFC Vegas 17. All right, what an octagon debut it was for Jimmy the Brick Flick. Makes his first UFC walk on the final card of the year. Got a win, got a bonus, and also inserted himself into the conversation for the 2020 submission of the year with the flying triangle on Cody Durden at UFC Vegas 17. Jimmy, congratulations, man. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing great, man. It was an amazing feeling, amazing fight, amazing debut. Uh, couldn't win any better, uh, but back at work, you know, still got uh, family until, you know, get a few more bonuses down the road. Absolutely. So when this year began, you got a first round submission win and it was at the point where things are about to get shut down because of the, the coronavirus and the pandemic and everything. If I told you at the end of March, early April, that you would end up with four fights in 2020, earn a contract and have your, a, a successful UFC debut, would you believe me? Not at all, man. Not at all. But that was the dream. I had uh, two goals in 2020, and that was to make the UFC and not drink pop. And uh, I did both of those, man. So uh, <laughs> it, it was amazing. Uh, but if you would have told me 10 years ago when I was chasing this dream of becoming a UFC fighter, would I have made my debut with no fans? I would have never believed it. And I don't think anybody could have ever predicted that. And to do it the way I did, it was amazing. And I, I can't wait to have fans in there when, when I fight, man. That's that's what I'm ready for. Yeah, they they, they would have went bananas for that submission, right? Yes, <laughs> Crazy. sir. I, I do want to go back a little ways, if I could, before we talk about Saturday night, because you ended 2018 with some good momentum after the loss to Chris Gutierrez. You had one fight in 2019, and you were put away in the second round by Ray Rodriguez. But you were out of action for over a year and, th and thus began this impressive string of first round submissions that you're on right now. What were you able to, to take away from the loss to Ray? Because it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that loss in a way kind of seemed to be what the doctor ordered for you. Yeah, man. It, and it was a big decision fighting somebody like Ray and moving back up to 135. Because like you said, in 2018, after I lost to Chris Gutierrez, I went back to 125 and uh, I was on a two fight win streak with two finishes again, one being over CJ Hamilton on short notice uh, for LFA. And uh, so I had my momentum going, but then that's when the UFC start, started talking about cutting the flyweight division. And we knew that if we could get past Ray Rodriguez at 135 and keep that momentum going, that was the next fight. And uh, after getting knocked out by Ray Rodriguez, um, that's when I realized I really needed to start working more on my striking. And I brought in Leo Perucci from uh, Forza Combat Sports. And uh, we've been taking off ever since. And my first fight with him was actually a kickboxing fight because uh, I was supposed to fight at flyweight again and ended up having an opponent come in at 142 on short notice. Um, was supposed to come in at 35. So we ended up doing kickboxing and I dominated that kickboxing fight on UFC Fight Pass. And uh, it went viral there for a little bit as well. And then we got the MMA back to going at 125 for the FCF 125 title. And 
my year's just been booming even during the pandemic and it, it's crazy how this pandemic's hit people and it's hit me a little different and uh it's changed my life this year yeah it's been uh, quite the journey and and the hardcore fans of the sport they've had you on the radar for a little while but I think it was the contender series performance in particular against Nate Smith that opened up a lot of people's eyes. It was a nice introduction to some new fans. How much attention did you get from that win? Like, did you get a big uptick in like social media followers? Did you gain a lot of new fans from that win? Yeah, most definitely every fight this year from the LFA title, (laughs) 30, 38 seconds. And it wasn't, but nine days after the LFA title, I got called to step up on four weeks notice for, uh, Nate Smith on the Tuesday night contender. So we jumped on that and then the UFC was working on getting me booked. And then we got booked for Cody Durden. And then that got sidelined by two, uh, two weeks. Like if you would have told me I was going to get, we were 20 minutes from getting on the bus, man, 20 minutes from heading to the venue on December 5th. And they call me and tell me that my fight is canceled because of pink eye. So, um, but it was great, man. Everything happens for a reason. I honestly believe that. And this is why it happened. And I can't be more thankful. Yeah. It's a great way to look at it. I mean, when you got that call, were you just like so bummed? I mean, that, that must've broken your heart for a minute, but obviously you took it in stride. What was that? What was that phone call like for you? Oh man, it was very, very emotional, man. Cause I worked so hard for that moment. And then, then they offered it two weeks later and I was just like, you know what? Let's do it, man. Let's see how mentally tough we are. Uh, and that night I told my coach, let's wrap up my hands. Let's go next door and train, you know, cause we had, we are in the hotel. I didn't get to go to the fight. So we have a training room. We locked up and, you know, started hitting myths that night. I woke up the next morning at three 30 in the morning and ran three miles before getting on the plane and heading back home, you know? And then that Monday we were back at the gym putting in work, you know, and, I just went to go show how mentally tough I am. And they said we did that in two weeks and, um, that was tough and, you know, but now I know I'm mentally tough and I already knew I was mentally tough, but uh, I'm a lot tougher than I thought I was. And I think the UFC is just going to keep bringing great things out to me. So in a weird way, is it almost like, a? I don't know if it was a good thing, but it was a kind of like a blessing in disguise that it got pushed back two weeks. So you could test that out. Oh yeah, that most definitely that and the bonus because you know the <laughs> fight card that I was on uh on December 5th had a slam knockouts like five six finishes, you know. So I might not have got that bonus on that card, you know. So but <laughs> hey man, we, we made history books and they're talking about submission of the year possibly, man, and that'd be a dream come right come true right there uh submission of the year on my first fight in the ufc last card of the ufc you know so everything you know happened the way they're supposed to and i'm glad they did it kind of came full circle because cody's last opponent was an old foe of yours chris gutierrez fought him to a draw in his debut which was really impressive in my eyes he catches a kick early takes you to the ground he has your back and landing ground and pound are you just like, are you serious? Like, this is what's going to happen in my debut. Like what is going through your mind as that sequence is going on? Yeah, that was, uh, that was <laughs> tough. And I, I kind of missed the kick and then he, yeah, he got my back and, uh, uh, it was crazy and got put on my head and, uh, just getting pounded on, but, uh, it goes to show I can battle adversity 
and I got out of a bad position. I didn't try to roll to my back and start doing jujitsu. I got to the cage. I stood up. I broke loose. And then I started putting the pressure on him. I felt like he was already going to start gassing. That was a game plan as well to pressure him, uh, especially for him coming down to 125. And uh, I think the fight in the second round, if he would have made it out, would have been great on my hands and I could start using more of my stand up. Uh, I kind of started slow, but I think that has a lot to do with <laughs> we're fighting like 1:30 Vegas time. You know, so that's like, I mean, usually I get lunch and breakfast and everything before I have to go fight. So uh, we had to be smart early that morning, you know, get a light breakfast, just snack on some things here and there. So that could have been, you know, a reason I started a little slow and he got off a little early on me. But uh, it was an amazing fight, amazing finish. And uh, I'm ready to see what's later, what's going to happen later in 2021. After he caught that first leg kick and all of that happened and he got back to, to your feet, did you already know, was it already in your head that if he catches another one, I'm throwing up that flying triangle? Or is that like just a complete spur of the moment, instinctual kind of thing coming into play? Uh, my whole career, I've always loved doing it. Uh, I have an amateur fight where I threw up a head kick to a southpaw and he tackled me. Uh, into a double leg, but put himself in a triangle. And I finished that in 35 seconds in the first round. Um, so uh, it's something I've been doing my whole career. And when I'm doing uh, wrestling with jujitsu, I give guys my leg and I throw up a flying triangle all the time. It's crazy that how it happens so instinctively. It just goes to show how good my jujitsu is. But, um, you know, it's nothing like I just train in the gym, like, hey, catch my kick and I throw a flying triangle. But, it's something I've been doing for my whole career and it, it really showed. There have been many times throughout this journey, Jimmy, where you have forced other fighters, other very tough competitors to tap out to a submission attempt of yours. Was this like the sweetest tap of them all on Saturday? Oh yeah. One, one of them, man, uh, the UFC Johnny Bedford fight was good. I got him in a ninja choke and put him to sleep, you know, and that was a, a big, one of the biggest wins of my career for sure. So, uh, that, and but a flying triangle in the UFC first one to do it in the flyweight division, 30 UFC history. And I'm not a hundred percent sure, but maybe I'm the first American. I don't know if Pablo or whatever his other name is, uh, are American or not. So, uh, depending on if they were born here in the USA or not, but, uh, either way, man, it, it's a dream come true. And now I'm going to have to pull off some be something better in my next UFC fight. Listen, even if you fought on December 5th, a flying triangle is probably getting you a bonus. I don't care what else happens on that card, but you had to have known after you completed that submission that you were walking away with 50 G's, right? Like, did you even have to watch any more of the card with any sort of anxiety at all? Like you had to feel pretty confident that you were getting an extra 50 G's, right? Man, I was hoping so, man. And I, I, you can never be too confident, man. So uh, I did watch the whole card and every fight. I was like, decision, decision, <laughs> decision, decision, you know. And then what's his, Greg Hardy got TKO'd. And then Rob Font had a good fight. And I was like, holy crap, you know. Jose Aldo looked good. And, and then Wonderboy Thompson. And I was like, man, but I got the only submission. It was Flying Triangle. They're only flyweights on the card. And flyweight's names are booming right now, so I I, I, I sat there, man. But it, I could not wait until they actually announced it. it is when I finally believed it, and it, it's it's going to change my life and my kids' lives and my wife's life for sure. 
Yeah, you 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 said something earlier that everything happens for a reason, and you know, and it kind of led you to taking the fight with Ray, having to jump up to thirty five because we didn't really know what was going on with twenty five at the time. Do you feel like this? I mean, the timing of your entry in the UFC, like it, it just it couldn't have been any better, right? I mean, like you said, Flyweight's getting more buzz than ever before. You get Davis and Figueredo as the champion. We saw some names shoot up the rankings this year, in particular. The potential matchups that are in front of you right now have to get you so excited, right? Oh yeah, most definitely, man. Because I mean, I went six and zero early in my career, and if I would have gotten the UFC maybe that early. Um, maybe I would be fighting to get my way back there or I would have blew my UFC run too quick, you know? So for everything to happen the way it happened, and I always wondered why it was so hard, why it took me 10 years and what, what's taking so long, man, I'm doing any and everything I can from fighting to two weight classes, even fought at 145 once as a professional. And, uh, it just, and now I know, and it was all worth it, and it was all worth it, man, and I, I can't complain. How tough did it get for you during this journey? Were there were there certain points along the way where you're just like, man, like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. Like, do I need to look somewhere else, or did you just know, like, I'm just going to keep going. I don't care if it takes me 10, 15, 20 years. I'm going to keep this thing going until I get that call. Well, uh, man, honestly, I thought maybe after the Chris Gutierrez fight, and then the Ray Rodriguez fight, I, I've thought about hanging it up. I mean, I have a really good job with the 401k benefits. I mean, I, I own two and a half acres and, you know, me and my wife are very smart people and uh, we're doing really great for ourselves, especially at a young age. And uh, I, I could have hung it up anytime, but my wife was motivating my training partners, my coaches, uh, especially when I brought Leo Perucci in that it, it was really a game changer. And, uh, I knew I had one more run coming up on 30 years old and my wife really motivated me. She's been with me for 10 years and she's been with the ups. She's been with the downs. She's seen the small paychecks and all the hard work and everything, all the money I'm spending and time I'm spending and not bringing much home, you know, and then still working a full-time job. And now everything's changing and it's changing for the right reasons. And I understand it now. And now I just want bigger and better things at the last little run I got here in the UFC. That's so massive, man, because there, there are so many people in this life who, you know, they'll date somebody or they'll get married to somebody and they just don't understand what their significant, what their significant other goes through to accomplish their dreams. And to have somebody in your corner like that, there aren't a lot of fighters who can say that that's got to be just so massive for you. Yeah, man. And not leaving me, you know, <laughs> even when, like I said, we weren't making nothing, you know, and you know, it's just for it to happen the way it happened. And now it's going to be life changing for my wife, her business that we're working on. She's a nail technician. She's going to open up her own nail salon. And we've been working on it for almost a year now. And she's been putting it on hold for me to keep training for fighting because we won the LFA title. We got the Tuesday night contender call. And then we got the UFC call. And she let me make this run. And that's what I say. I got some family stuff I need to take care of. And my wife is who I need to take care of. And she deserves it. And especially everything she's done for me over these years and stuck by my side. And we've had an amazing marriage. And I, I can't be more blessed to have her. That is amazing, man. Um, well, you got your first win. Oh, but by the way, what do you do? For, what's your full-time job, if you don't mind me asking? 
I'm a CNC saw operator. I work at a company called Tulsa Plastic Company, and we cut a lot of plastics, and I actually cut bricks, man. Uh, we make these Dura bricks, man, and uh, so the brick, be cutting bricks all day. So the nickname just makes so much sense now, right? Right. Crazy. <laughs> that way yeah even when i stamp on stuff my stamp says the brick <laughs> that's amazing so you get you, the first win is out of the way now you did it very impressively you got a lot of buzz right now and and i don't know if you're aware of this or not but your name is being thrown around already because the ufc has re-signed mateus nicolau he was scheduled to fight january 23rd at UFC 257, the McGregor versus Poirier card, his opponent was forced to withdraw. And a lot of people have been on social media saying, throw Jimmy Flick in there. Let's see him take that spot. H have you heard about this? And either way, is, is that something you might be interested in? No, honestly, I have not heard about that, man. I know who the guy is. I did hear about him getting back in the UFC and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't watched much on him. Um, but, uh, no, I haven't heard nothing about it. Uh, I know I'm on suspension right now, uh, until I get some x-rays to make sure there's no injuries. So, um, I don't know, man. Um, uh, right now, like I said, I guess I'm studying, I want to focus on and, uh, I don't want to, you know, blow my little run here too soon either. You know, like, uh, I'm a guy that can be marketed. Uh, I like, uh, you know, I like the fan base. I like, promoting myself and i'm hoping the ufc would like to do the same thing so um uh, i would like something later down the road but uh you never know what's going to happen in the ufc that's what's amazing about the ufc but we'll see what happens and you know you never know in this world best case scenario when would you like to get back in there uh march or april best case scenario march or april so uh, i think that'd be great timeline so uh my manager knows, but uh, like I said, I, I do got some x-rays I've got planned to get done. And once I get those done, the UFC will know a little more where I'm at. And, w w you know, we're going to talk business. That's what we're here to do. And we want to fight. And like I said, if I can get somebody in the top 15, that's what I'm chasing. You know, I want to make this run. and I want to make it great. And I'm already doing it from the Tuesday night contender. I made the history books. Now I'm making the history books in the UFC. And we want to keep this ball rolling and keep these bonuses going. Did you watch Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno? Oh, 100%. Yes. What'd you man. think of that fight? I loved every bit of it. I think the fight was a draw with the point deduction. Um, and uh, I think it, it's going to be great to see him run it back again off a of full camp. So uh, it's going to be amazing. And uh, uh, maybe, I, you know, I can get on that card when they, you know, like the flyweight hype is real right now. Put me on one of the flyweight, the next flyweight title fight, because I imagine that would be around March or April. And that'd be awesome, man. So outside of the actual fight itself and the win, and I know you kind of did two UFC fight weeks for your first for your first fight, but what was the best part of the, the whole thing? Like what sticks out to you the most when you think back on on your first fight week or fight weeks? Oh man, dude, that, that they do meal prepping for you. They have all kinds of stuff ready for you after weigh-ins to hydrate you right. And it just, it, it was amazing seeing all the fighters there and, uh, the new fighters and, uh, fighters that I've always looked up to Anthony Pettis and fucking, uh, Jose Aldo, you know, Stephen Thompson, Jeff Neal, all of them, man. So it, it's a dream come true for sure, man. And it was amazing. I couldn't complain. Last thing, uh, 
with your submission now being in the conversation for submission of the year, do you think you got this one? Do you think you got the submission of the year? Is there another one that sticks out to you? Man, there there's some good ones out there. Um, but I mean, with the excitement and the way that mine went down, I'm hoping I got it, man. That would <laughs> be amazing. And Daniel Cormier's pushing it. So, you know, everybody loves Cormier, you know, and so uh, I really hope I get it, man. That that is that would change a lot of things as well and help this momentum I got going. Really enjoyed that conversation with Jimmy Flick. First time I've actually had the chance to talk to him, and that flying triangle is definitely a top five, no worse than top ten submission of the year for sure in 2020. But we'll see where that ends up on the MMA Fighting Year End Awards. Myself, Jen Bashu, and AK Lee, we previewed our awards picks, our selections on Between the Links on Tuesday. But if you want to go back and check that out, kind of get a taste of where these awards could be going, check that out right after you finish this up. But uh, you're going to start seeing the winners of those awards drop tomorrow on Christmas Day. The first award is going to drop. So keep it locked into MMA Fighting and uh, and get our picks for those year-end awards. But with that said... We're going to put a bow on the final episode for 2020 of What the Heck. We do have one more interview to come, and that's how we will leave you this week. But I wanted to thank all of you once again for checking out the program, whether it's here on YouTube or on the podcast network. It means a lot. I am very excited for 2021, and I feel like we're going to be off to the races in 2021. But uh, thanks again to all of you. Really appreciate it. Big thank you to Casey Lydon on the production side. Big Big, massive, massive help he has been. Of course, shout out to Jose Youngs and Alex Savas for all the graphics. Esther Lynn for all of her help early on in the program as well. As Jose and Alex can attest to, I could be a little bit of a pain. Esther kind of had to deal with that early on in the early iterations of the show, but uh, she was a big part of making this all happen, especially the intro video, all that great stuff. Her work in Between the Links, it's she was she rules esterlin is the best and uh we miss her around here but with that said have a heck of a week have a heck of a holiday and a heck of a new year you guys kick ass and with that said speaking of people who kick ass we wrap up 2020 on the program with my chat with one of the big winners of ufc 256 one of the lightweights to watch in the ufc and in the sport rafael faziv All right, let us check in with one of the big winners from this past Saturday night's UFC 256 event. He put away Hanato Moicano in the first round, and with that, he sent a message to everybody at 155 pounds. What a performance it was for one Rafael Fazeev, who is kind enough to join us right now. Rafael, how are you, sir? Good, thank you. Thank you, I'm good. Feels great. Just stay in the quarantine. How How is the quarantine right now? Oh, quarantine is so many problems from this morning. This is first day and I already have many problems. Like what? Today I fight, I fight with, uh, with the hotel staff. Oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> what happened? Oh, yesterday he... About my, my meals, meal plan, you know? He, he said me like... I, I say, hey, I don't eat pork, you know, just give me chicken or beef or I eat everything. Just don't give me pork. And you know what he do? First, first meal, what he do? He, he send me pork. Oh, 
I try send message. I try like talk with him. Like give me uh, change my food. He don't answer to my message. Oh no! From this morning, going crazy. Oh my goodness! Just, just he must. They must not know who you are, Raphael. They must not have watched the fight on Saturday. I need. I today. I I think I need to go and show him. There will be no more pork sent to your room. That is for sure. If you show him the finish of that fight. But anyways, I'm sorry you're going through that right now, but congratulations on the win. I think a lot of fans believed that you had a lot of potential in this division and then to fight a guy like Moicano and put him away the way that you did that opened up a ton of eyeballs. Have you felt the love from the fans after that win on Saturday? Of course, I feel, I feel now like, I feel now many from, I have many new fans from US, I think from Europe, English fans, you know, who, who talk in English. And uh, yeah, I see this, uh, him, and a lot of new followers too. That's great. You went after yeah. him. You had a, hit him with a lot of kicks early on, kicks to the legs, kicks to the body, and they were nasty. They were loud. And then the first punch of that combination that finished the fight, you also went to the body. Did you and your team see something in the buildup to the fight that let you know, hey, if we go to the body, it's going to work out for us? Yeah, of course, we have a plan for kick a lot of low kicks and a lot of body kicks. And like his body, I think, you know, I see his fight with Aldo and uh, one more fight, I think. He is have not, like not strong body, you know, and uh, and we have plans for kick to body and punch to body, like break his body and break his legs, you know. You come into the UFC, yeah, you lost the first fight, but then you got wins over Alex White, got the win over Mark Chikasey. You beat both of them, good fighters. Everybody's good in the UFC, as you know. But when you found out that you were fighting Hanato Moicano, how did you react to that? Um, yeah, when my manager, uh, like, he, he called me and said, hey, you fight with Renato, Renato Moicano. And I said, wow, this like this big challenge for me, you know. When I feel like, wow, it's big pressure for my shoulder, you know. Like, because, because it's... Moicano have a good name, have good, nice experience in in UFC, like nine or ten fights, yeah. And uh, also he he top before, top five or what? In a, in a in one forty five. Yeah. Yeah, in one forty five division, he he really top guy, you know, before, and like, yeah, for me it's good pressure, but this nice pressure, you know. When I feel this pressure, this not make me like scared or like more worried. This pressure, like kick my ass, go forward, you know? You know, it's like, it's like, for me, it's nice pressure, you know, I feel nice. Get you excited. Yeah. Is that the, is that like the best pressure you felt when you found out about a fight? Because I mean, obviously Moicano is, is a big name. He's a veteran, like you said. Was this like the most excited you were for a fight? Two two things, you know, because this is this best opponent in my life. It's very strong guy. First one and second one. This is USA, baby. This is Vegas. That's right. <laughs> uh, long like two years ago, you know, I tried three times and three time three time cancel visa. You know, he don't give me visa. 
came like and this time I worry about visa, but visa okay. And I need now like like come to new territory, you know? And uh this like you know, so he feels like a general invading new territory, you know. He feels like he has to conquer this uh, new market. Fighting in Vegas for the first time, Raphael, did you feel like, did you ever think in a million years that your first fight in Las Vegas would be in front of no fans? Um, no, of course not. Of course not. When no have fans in a fight, this is really dog shit. <laughs> When no have fi- when no have fans because when I walk to cage you know when I see fans when I see people's like people's happy you know people's want to blood you know this make me like and this give me more energy you know this like wow I like this is what I want but without without fans you go to fight and you know you not hear anything <laughs> you can just you hear your music this is. This not same feels like before, but this is what it is. You know, we need we need this dog shit time now. But okay, yeah. Hopefully, we hopefully the next time you fight, there will be fans or at least a couple fights from now. But the finish uh, of this fight, man, was crazy. I mean, the left to the body, the right hand that hurt him, and then the left hand that dropped him and ultimately led to the finish. So the referee jumps right in there and stops the fight. And since I'm not a fighter. I have to know, Raphael, when you landed that left hand that dropped him, like, what does that feel like? Did you know the fight was over as soon as you landed that punch? Um, okay, what I feel. Every time when I, what I feel when I, when I punch guys, uh, like, I feel like... <laughs> you feel like, you know, it's like, a, I don't know, just for example, you feel like a, throw the cabbage and you kind of punch the cabbage. So like the same feel like when you when you punch the cabbage. <laughs> when you punch the cabbage? <laughs> yeah. yeah, before when I was young, I many many, many times practiced for this. You know, I boom, you know. You punch it. Feels, <laughs> <laughs> it feels it feels it feels nice, you know. <laughs> so anybody at home can try this now, you know, to feel. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go back to the grocery store and buy some cabbage, Raphael, because of this. Do you still do that? Or is that something like, when was the last time you actually punched cabbage? You remember? Oh, last time. It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. Because now I, I, I have fight. Now I fight many. No, now I don't need this feels because I feel this in the cage. Oh man, that's so funny. Of course, he protested the stoppage right away. Uh, Hanato was not very happy that the referee stopped the fight. Were you surprised that he was upset with the referee after you landed that combination? Oh, I don't know. Like, I understand one moment, you know. Okay, if maybe if he feel good, if he feel good, and uh, I go to ground. Maybe he like start wrestling, you know. I stand up. I do want. I do this again. I do. I do this again, and uh, and I know now. After after this moment, Renato is more scared, you know. More, more like everyone. People after 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 after, how say after this knockdown, it's like you start scared. You start wow wow. You start think, you know, but. I don't think he's ready to fight after this because um, he tries to stand up after. He tries to stand up and he like, 
like still fly, you know? Yeah. And then he actually spoke uh, to one of my colleagues and he still stands by the story that the referee stopped the fight too soon. He said that, like you said, he was already working in a closed guard when the referee stopped the fight and he wasn't trying to like crap on the ref, but he feels like he wasn't given a chance. You know what I mean? Like, have you watched it since Saturday? And if so, what did you think about that? I think it's good stoppage because, because I, I think you, you say, I think, yeah, of course. After, after fight, when, when, when referee stopped fight and I go like happy and Moicano tries to stand up and he like, he's still like, after maybe 15, 20 seconds, he still go like, like, you know, yeah, he was like falling down and uh, you can tell like room was spinning for him, you know. You get the win and you get your first performance bonus, Rafael, in the UFC. Like you got a bonus for the for fight of the night in the Jacasey fight, which I'm sure was nice. But, you know, on this card where there were a lot of finishes, how excited were you when you found out that you got a bonus? You know, my, my, my focus in UFC is like take bonuses. Hunt for bonus, you know. This, this, this for me. What I want in UFC. I don't think about belt. I don't think about top. You know, like I think just about about bonuses when I fight. I find bonuses when I, if I fight, I find bonus for sure. And uh, yeah, when I see uh, this card, it's like have many, have big legends, you know, in the card, and have strong guys like like you know. Like Ferguson, like Oliveira, like, and I, and I think before you know, oh, this is not easy to take bonus in this card because so many strong guys, so many people who who like bonus, you know. But I find it, I find it, I find it, and uh, when I when I do this knockout, and after even when even finish, I think, oh, hundred percent, I think I take bonus because this is good combo. This is good combo, and uh, and this is like real knockout, you know. He, this guy, like this knockout, you know, and good combo. And I think hundred percent, I take bonus, you know. Yeah, it seemed to be a two-horse race for that last bonus because the fight of the night was obvious. It was the main event for the title, and then Kevin Holland's knockout was crazy. So it seemed like it was a battle between you and Cub Swanson for that final bonus, and and you ended up getting it. So. Cub was okay with it. I talked. I talked to Cub earlier, and he said he thought you deserved the bonus. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for Cub Swanson. <laughs> this <is> big legend. <laughs> so you're in quarantine right now. It's obviously not where you want to be after the biggest win in your career. But when are you hoping to to get back and fight again? Two and zero in 2020. When do you want to get back in there and and do it again? I won't come back. Maybe March or April. Yeah, March or April, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight again. Just now quarantine, and I want to go home. Go home to Kyrgyzstan for a couple of weeks, and uh, just start after quarantine. I start hard work again. Start, you know. That was a huge win. So I mean, you're bonus hunting. You want the bonus money. That's what you're looking for. But we're starting to get to that point, man. Where. Top twenty, top fifteen. You're you're right there. You're knocking on the door. Is there anybody in this division that sticks out to you that you want to fight? Oh, I don't think about this. You know, I ask I ask Yaku 
Quinta. She she have another plans. Before I cut, I ask couple guys and cannot too. Now I don't want to. I don't want to ask people to fight because like I'm not now top ten, top five. Like like no problem. If UFC give me someone, I'm ready to kill him. You know, like this is like this for me. Like like work. Like nice work. You know, I love this. And uh, doesn't matter with who and where and where. You know, just I'm ready to fight. Yeah, I was gonna ask because of the the whole thing with Ally Quinta. If you feel if you felt like you're gonna have a hard time fighting guys up there, because you have to imagine when they see your name on the other side of the contract, especially after we did on Saturday, I have a feeling some of these guys are gonna be like, eh, I gotta think about this one a little bit. Do you think you're gonna have a hard time finding fights with some of these top guys? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I say. <laughs> what say? What do you say now? <laughs> Just whoever they give you, you're gonna fight. Don't 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 worry, guys. I'm I'm good man. You know, like I'm just I'm just I'm like punch face. You know, it's okay. Yeah, you're just a regular guy who likes to fight. It's okay. You yeah. Go in there. And everyone like like punch face. <laughs> did you um? Did you get a chance to watch the rest of the card after you fought? Now you know why because I play Call of Duty now, like new updates in Call of Duty, and I I, I play Call of Duty all days. You know, watch Harry Potter and play Call of Duty. Oh, so you didn't you didn't watch the, any of the other fights? You just played Call of Call of Duty the rest of the night. Yeah, yes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't see Charles Oliveira fight Tony Ferguson? I don't see this fight. I I see just uh, just a little bit, but. No, I don't. I don't. I don't watch. I need to watch this. I need to watch this. But when I when I tired from Call of Duty and Harry Potter, I watch. Yeah. I, I watch fights. Do you watch a lot of fights like outside of the cards that you're on? Like I know you're in quarantine yeah. right now, but do you like? Will you watch Saturday? Like will you watch the event on Saturday? Yeah, I, I every time watches. I like watching the fights. I like watch the fights. Like uh, just just when I like bored, you know. Like, like. Uh, yeah, when he when he feels bored, bored, he, he like to watch fights and he like to you know to get energy from this to to get motivation from 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 watching fights. Conor McGregor thought your knockout was pretty cool, Raphael. I, I know you talked about it with the media after the win, but he's getting ready to fight Dustin Poirier on January twenty third. Big fight at one fifty five. Who do you think wins that fight, Conor or Dustin? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't like. I like. This is MMA, you know. This is MMA. Connor have strong hands. Dustin have strong hands, and uh, this this is two very strong guy. And I don't understand. I don't. I don't, don't know. Don't know who win now. I don't know. Like who more train? Who more more want win this fight? Who like Tobosha Dusty Valley? Yeah, who will give himself more, who leave everything in the cage, he will come up on top. Well said. Yeah, because, uh, because it's not, not easy, like, uh, like, like to Conor McGregor, you know, it's, it's not, when you have millions of dollars in, in your bank, uh, this is not easy, train hard and give everything in the cage, you know. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Listen, man, 
Incredible fight on Saturday. Incredible win. Very impressive to put away a guy like Moicano. Unbelievable. Congratulations on the win, Rafael. Try to make the most out of this quarantine. I know there's a million other things you'd rather be doing, but uh, happy holidays, happy new year, and we'll see you back in 2021, man. Oh, you too, bro. The same, everything's the best, bro. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs> 